Welcome back to the Horror You Know podcast. I'm Ian. I'm Ian. I'm Ian. And I'm Ian. We're all Ian in our own special way. The Council of Ians. Okay. That was was awkward. Thank God we don't have the most awkward fucking intros. I'm glad we do. Never change. There's more there. There was. I didn't. I thought maybe you all were going somewhere with that, but you kind of just we're left never hanging. going anywhere. There's my, no plan here. My wife just texted me and said, uh, "Keep your phone on in case I run out of gas." Wait, why? Because <laughs> both the cars were left on empty. Because apparently, my daughter borrowed those as well. This sounds both like of the, the cars. <laughs> yes. This sounds like the plot. Is she in Australia right now? <laughs> <sighs> wow. So if some if some outback guy stops and offers to help, tell her not to take. <laughs> don't yeah, do don't it. take that. Hey, you're one of them puffers from Sydney. Hey. That's where all the puffers are from. That's not I assume right. that one, one, of, one of your wankers didn't you, fill up the tank. Did he not say that like multiple times? You sounded times? like, you sounded you like uh, Mike Myers when he was on Sprockets. Sprockets? Yeah, this is the diamond yeah, dance. Let's dance. You were going German, Austrian. I don't have fucking accent skills. Yeah, Australia, <laughs> not Austria. Sorry. Mm-hmm. They're different places. You puffers. Touch into your deep Aussie and just like, I, eat, it, I, I eat because I'm sad and I'm sad because I eat. He just told me to touch Aussie deep. That's right. Oh, fuck as yeah. deep as you can. Speaking of taking one deep, we got these tequila roses. Yeah. From down under. Again. Yeah. I'm not a tequila fan, nor do I like hey, dairy products. Don't ask her on a straight tequila night. He doesn't like tequila, and he doesn't like roses, and he doesn't like strawberry. He mostly doesn't like cream. So I like LA guns, and I like guns and roses. The worst drink. Welcome to the jungle. Okay, true story. When I was when I was like 19, I went to a party one time, and somebody brought back some authentic Axel Rose worm tequila, like the tequila that used to have the worm in it. You can't find that. <laughs> Anywhere in America now, mm. but uh, they had some worm tequila, and we they just chased, had worms. We chased the worm all night long, and I literally was puking that out of my nose. And let me oh guess, and I think it came out of my eye socket because my you, eyes started burning. You drank so much when you got home. I thought you, I was dying. You, uh, I have. Did you burp the worm later that night? I, I never caught the worm. Uh, a guy named Scott caught the worm that night. One burp in the worm, but uh. I vowed never to drink tequila again, and I think I've drank it like three times since then. Here's a crazy worm twice tonight. So, four out of five people have worms in their stomach they don't even know about. Wait, four out of five? The fifth one knows they're there. Does he charge rent? (laughs) Chances. There's chances. Who just laughed? That was true. He's snorting like that. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) laughing like (laughs) Smeagol. Oh, crikey. This in, this is probably one of the more off-the-rails intros we've ever had. Oh, I don't shit, even know I what the hell that we started recording. I don't even know what <laughs> we're talking about. rambling on about random song lyrics and talking about burping the worm and waxing the dolphin. And you wax your dolphin? Oh, at least twice a day. Wow. Well, All right, here we go. Let's get into Cheers. this uh, tequila shot. All right. Cheers. Cheers. 
clink. Way down. Clink, clink, clink. Wait, wait. For the maximum for the effort. Effect. We are so far away. It doesn't clink at all. <laughs> that is that's actually a disturbing sound that just went into my headphones. There we go. There we go. clinked. We clinked. <laughs> What's we need, the, we nobody, need that, we need that sound like effect. Who are we toasting to this week? He didn't even have his lid off. Uh, I was going to do the old... To... <laughs> well, I already did that. Let's let's toast the great to... Uh, Outback. Uh, okay. Outback Steakhouse. I was going to say Outback Crocodile Dundee <laughs> and Outback Steakhouse and, and the Bill Brassie. All things Australian. Yeah. Fosters. The Crocodile Australian Hunter. Crikey. Oh, we should have brought some Fosters, man. We weren't thinking. Some what? Fosters. Fosters. It's Australian for beer. Uh, Australian oh. for beer. Am I, st- am no. I still Mike Myers? Are we gonna it's take- not Australian. Are we going to take these shots? Australian. Australian. Here we go. We're know. doing it. I can't do accents. Down the hatch. None of us can. Mm. I think Tom Jones makes the difference. That is good. Smooth. <laughs> Hey man, you can't be in a uh, band called Milky Slits if you don't like milky drinks. It's a good thing you're not in that. Band. I don't think the milk is actual literal milk. I it is it's this a, time. I think it's a metaphor for another type of milk. Uh, this is not actual milk. <laughs> it's milk that gets you drunk. <laughs> there are milks that get you drunk. There's white Russians. He just That's had his drink is demon seed. <laughs> Why'd you have to say that? Now, he just on. said it. This is not actual milk. <laughs> I, told, I told you one of these days you guys are going to get the dragon's milk. Well, I forgot about Still that. Still waiting. Yeah. If I would have thought about it, I would have grabbed some. So, we are here. What are we here to talk about? Uh, We've been doing all these crazy Australian accents. Is there a reason for it? <laughs> we're here to talk about some Australian serial killer business. And the events, throwing up air quotes here, the events that inspired the movie Wolf Creek. Okay, okay. I say that because the movie Wolf Creek is just loosely based on events that happened in Australia. But uh, either way you look at it, the movie and the real life events are both equally as disturbing. Okay. The majority of this story is going to be um, focused on a man named Ivan Malat. But first of all, he does what a lot? <laughs> he Ivans a lot. There's also another man He's named Banner. Bradley John Murdoch. <laughs> Bradley. I said Brandon earlier. Bradley. Yeah. It's it's all good. You you were in the bees at least. All right. So yeah, it's gonna be mostly about Ivan Malat and all the murders he committed, but there's also one other named Bradley John Murdoch. He's an Australian criminal who's currently serving life imprisonment for the July 2001 murder of English backpacker Peter Falconio. Sounds like a mobster, but I'm pretty sure he's just a kid. <laughs> Maybe someone put a hit out on him. Maybe. Maybe. He's uh, just a kid. But yeah, Peter Falconio, he you was... You know that song? I guess not. I, I do not. Well, your kids are going to love it someday. Back to the Future, nothing? <laughs> <laughs> nope. All right, anyway... <laughs> Tell me about Bradley. Well, Bradley, like I said, he killed Peter. He will the paintball. <laughs> he'll be seventy-four when he's eligible for parole in twenty thirty-two. 
Murdoch is being held in uh, Darwin Correctional Center in Darwin, Northern Territory. He's lodged at least two appeals against his conviction. Both were unsuccessful. The High Court of Australia refused special leave to appeal on June 21st, 2007. And he is also forbidden to talk to the press. Till this day. Till this day. So how'd you find all this out? Research. Reading. <laughs> what, now, we have Crown Peach here. If you My guys God, was that full a, when we started? Yes. If you guys want to take shots of Crown Peach. Uh, we could take a shot of Crown Peach before we start talking about the sickest faster of them all. I couldn't help but notice that Trent and Means both shook their head vigorously with a with a very, very yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, they want it. They want the shot. I'm so. not a peach guy. He doesn't like strawberries. Like, he doesn't he like peaches. I, li- I love strawberry. I don't like milk. <laughs> I don't like fucking... There's so much shit I love, but it's like tonight you guys are picking stuff I don't like. All right, go ahead. Well, that was all I had on him. I just wanted to touch on him briefly. The Malak guy? Or the, touch no. on him? You Bradley, he just wanted to tell yeah, you. Yeah, that was all we had to say about Bradley. Just Bradley wouldn't mind that. Briefly. He's been in prison for a while. So. Yeah. What was his I'm name? Not, Bradley what? Not Murdoch? sure. Yes. Exactly how much of uh, the movie was based on his one murder, but... Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it was loosely based on that, but mainly Ivan Malak, because that dude's... Yeah. Uh, that dude's crazy. It's not just him. Yeah, he's had multiple, like, podcasts. And, Malak? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's... Criminal yeah. case files, stuff on the internet. Oh, yeah. Movies. He's fucked up. Contracts. Let's talk about him. Neckties. High voltage. High <laughs> voltage! Trent, where were you? I was... Sorry, I was lost in my mind. D&D. Let's talk about Ivan Malat. Ivan Malat was born December 27th, 1944. And he lived until October 27th, 2019. When was he born? December 27th, 1944. It's my birthday. Is it really? Not 1944. Oh. <laughs> I'm not. We don't know that. You were born in the summer of 69, weren't you? Uh, yes. Okay. He's a vampire. It was the best days of my life. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Ivan Malat was an Australian serial killer who was convicted of the Backpacker murders in 1996. Malat, commonly known as the Backpacker murderer, assaulted, imprisoned, robbed, and murdered two men and five women in New South Wales between 1989 and 1992. His method was to approach hitchhikers along the uh, Hume Highway under the guise of providing them transport to areas of uh, southern New South Wales. Then he would take his victims into the Belanglo State Forest, where he would incapacitate and murder them. Wait, you got to put some Australian flavor on that. The Belanglo State Forest. Uh, <laughs> accents are not my thing. Crikey, mate. Jeez. <laughs> I, that's about the most I can do. Uh, crikey. And that's not even good. Why was it so soft? Uh, I could do. That's not a knife. This is a knife. That's not good. That was. That wasn't. That wasn't Australian. That was either. an American doing an Australian. I'm, I'm gonna leave the accents up to y'all. He's like, this is a knife. Yeah. That's not this, a knife, sir. This is a knife. Like this is the blade of a knife. If y'all want to chime in with the accents, this is not a knife. I support that. <laughs> this is not a knife. 
<laughs> These two are the accent guys. I'm not an accent guy at all. I'm glad I'm not one on that one because I can't. Steve R1. See how many things? <laughs> is that British? What the fuck is that? So, so let me Allen. let me Allen. let me touch on something real quick. You said Ivan Malat was Quit born in. Sorry, I'm a toucher. So Ivan Malat yes, was born is. in yes, 1944. Correct. Uh-huh. That's what you said. Right. Okay. So, fun fact, kind of. He was the fifth in the line of 14 children. What? 14 children. <laughs> That's a lot of fucking kids. The sad part is, now two of them did die. That's how they get down down. I don't mean to laugh at that. I just... (laughs) No, I was... murder. No, I was picturing, like, the 12th one just walking out. Hey, mom and dad. (laughs) Just walking out of the vagina. (laughs) Standing up. Rolling out. (laughs) At that point, having that many kids, it probably would ring true, so... No, there's a couple more guys back here. (laughs) Come on out. Come on out. Uh, I'd like to stay in here. It's warm. No, I just thought that... I, I just thought that was a... I just thought that was a... Like to add to the craziness of this man, there were 14 fucking children in this family. Well, no wonder he was yeah. crazy. It comes from a big end. You get to lose one or two to craziness and murder. Sounds yeah. For you a reason to believe too, they all turned out great. Pry was not the only one yeah. that was messed up. I mean, you're 13 for 14 on kids. It's still a pretty good it's percentage. A pretty good percentage. Yeah. The mom did all right. But we will be talking a little bit more about those siblings too. Okay. Mm. So Malat would take his uh, victims into the Belanglo State Forest where he would incapacitate and murder them. Malat has been called Australia's worst serial killer. So he was the son of a Croatian immigrant and laborer named Stephen Malat and an Australian who was named Margaret Elizabeth Piddleston. Uh, they married when she was 16. Malat was the fifth of their 14 children. Oh. And the growing family first lived in the Bosley Park suburb of Sydney, New South Wales, before relocating to Liverpool. Many of the 10 Malat boys were well known to local police, and Malat displayed antisocial behavior at a young age, leading to a stint in a residential school at age 13. By age 17, Malat was in juvenile detention center for theft, and at age 19, he was involved in a shop break in. In 1964, he was sentenced to 18 months for a break and enter. And a month after release, he was arrested for driving a stolen car and sentenced to two years hard labor. In September 1967, he was sentenced to three years for theft. In April 1971, Malat was charged with the abduction of two 18-year-old hitchhikers, one of whom he raped. While awaiting trial, he was involved in a string of robberies with some of his brothers before faking his suicide and fleeing to New Zealand for a year. So, yeah, like I said, you got that many kids, probably stands the reason that more than one of them is going to be a little messed up. That's a lot. Yeah. He was rearrested in 1974, but the robbery and kidnap cases against him failed at trial with the help of the Malott's family lawyer, John Marsden. Malott took on a job as a truck driver in 1975, and by the time of his arrest, he had worked on and off of the roads, uh, traffic authority for about 20 years. So, let's get this straight. He's in Australia. Australia started off as a penal colony for the British, right? So, they basically sent the worst of the worst to this island that they had basically manifest destined many years before this. So, they're sending a bunch of the worst of the worst. So, most of the people, and I'm not trying to dick on people in Australia... Most of the people in Australia come from a line of kind of 
criminals and insane people and stuff like that, right? Possibly. Or at least what the British thought were criminals or insane people. So it's very interesting that some of these serial killers you find out about from Australia, it's like it takes them forever to figure out or put them through the system and say, hey, you shouldn't be raping and abducting these people. And and then they let them go. You know what I'm saying? It's like they you hear these stories over and over in Australia yeah. where they just let people go. So he was a uh, his fam like he was born in another part of Australia, but him and his family lived in Moorbank near Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys know this. Uh, it to me, it's like Madison where we live. As of right now, it's it's a small small community of like fourteen thousand people. Yeah, and I think like what as of like. Two years ago, on a general consensus, we live in a town full of what, roughly twelve to fourteen, might be thirteen thousand people. Can we sit? Would you agree on that? Madison's probably twelve, thirteen thousand yeah. people. So that that community that they live in is kind of like small town Indiana to me. Yeah. So the reason I bring that up working is because, class, working class, exactly. Yeah. So something like that, you're thinking like. The, the town is very small, so local jobs, probably a lot of, like, small family-owned businesses, shit like that. You're in a family of 14 kids, two parents, right? So there's that many people living in uh, basically what was described as, like, this small shack, essentially. Yeah. And you're all crammed into a place like that. So, like, imagine, like, uh, for us, it would be living in, like, downtown and... I don't know if you guys ever have. Wells has lived in a few places downtown. A few cool places. He's had some cool apartments downtown. But relatively, like, you know, they're not structurally built for, I mean, you would agree, Wells. Like, 14 people going in an apartment downtown, That's that, that'd be insane, right? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. I've gotta, I've gotta, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, you've lived in some buildings that, like, like have been very spacious, but still 14 people. Yeah, but I'm also a, a single person with no kids. So. Yeah. I've got a decent-sized <laughs> yeah. house, but I, I wouldn't yeah. say it's a mansion. But I wouldn't live with for, uh, fucking 14 people mansion. here. It's Means Manor. We talk means about. Manor, yeah. I mean, would you live with 14 people here? That so, would suck. So the, yeah. yeah, it would suck. But, like, the way this is structured, you could probably fit, like, I don't know, four, like, t- like 10 down here alone for you. Up, I don't know how many rooms you got upstairs. I do. I just don't want you to be creeped out by the fact I know that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, having that many people in a place like this. But, like, this, at least you have a basement. Imagine if you didn't have this basement and you had to spread that many people out. Like, there's nowhere to spread them, the people, I mean. Um that's just insane to me to, to have that many people living in one house. Means knows how to spread them. I know how to spread them. Spread them. <laughs> so and, and then and then like like to hear like what Wells is saying that these boys are having issues growing up and becoming violent. Go figure, right? Because like yeah. like the mom from from what I I've gathered is doing all that she can. She's pretty normal. The dad's kind of, kind of abusive. And I, I don't know how abusive that is. I, I don't know that much about him, but it's just like, something's going to go wrong at this point. And then while I was talking about Malat being in trouble all the time, like most of the boys being in trouble, this dude, when he was like 17 robbed, like a convenience store or something, ended up shooting a man and paralyzing him from the waist down. Yeah. And because of like this, you think, okay, well, you means have talked about judicial systems and governments and shit like that. This man does a bunch of crimes like this, gets acquitted of all these charges because of shoddy lawyers and just terrible fucking prosecutors. So he's allowed to basically yeah. like get a slap on the wrist. Don't do it again. 
or you're going to go to prison, get out of here. Yeah. And that's horseshit because now you're giving this man a gateway to do exactly what he's about to do. And this is, I mean, this is a early, what's this, early 90s? Well, I think, 90s, it, I, I early think early sixties. Um, I mean, yeah, I was gonna say sixties point because he's he was born. Well, yeah, he was this born is in why he's growing up. So, so you're it's, looking at the sixties Australia once again. I'm not trying to dog any other country, but right here in America, our judicial system and our policing was not that great. But everything mm-hmm. up until he was eighteen, or not when he was eighteen, but up until 1971, uh, everything was pretty like. I don't know. I want to say victimless, maybe. Because 1971 is when he first abducted people. He abducted the uh, two 18-year-old hitchhikers. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't... I mean... But he even got acquitted of that at first, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, he he was doing shop break-ins and theft and stuff like that. He he had some violent charges against him, but nothing extreme. I mean, these boys were known. Like, the Malat boys were known for being the guys that, like, went around town, like, carrying guns and knives on them. Yeah. They were just rambunctious little little assholes. Yeah. Doing petty crimes and stuff like that. And then like by the time he hit seventeen, he decides well, to rob were this convenience. Store. Absolutely starting to get scared of them though. Like, right? Yeah. Like legit. People, yeah. As they should. In their they, town. They had that reputation. Because like I said, we there was we, good reasons for that. Yeah, we live in a small town, so imagine like if uh, if the four of us saw people went around town like this, like we would know about it. Everybody would know about it. Now, again, this is before, like, your social media and everything, but still, word of mouth back then was very strong. I mean, he had a – he went to a boys' school at 13, and after that, successively, he just kept on robbing and robbing and robbing. So he was building up his reputation. Yeah. Snow, you could see how it was getting more and more violent and right. brazen, and he was not changing. He was not getting rehabbed in any yeah. of these places he was going. Yeah. So, I mean, you could tell that it was going to be a wreck eventually. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So, we'll go ahead and talk about the Backpacker murders. Good good insight, you two. By Thank the you, way. man. Uh, by Thank the time you. that Thank they you, had uh, initially started discovering bodies in the Belanglo uh, State Forest, several backpackers had been reported missing at this point. One case involved a young Victorian couple from Frankston. Deborah Everest, who was 19, and James Gibson, who was also 19. They had been missing since leaving Sydney for a confest near Aubrey on the 30th of December, 1989. Another related to uh, Simone Schmidl. We we decided that's how we're going to say that. That's my best guess Schmittle. for how you uh, spelled that name. Oh, Schmidl. 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 If if we're butchering that, we apologize. Yeah. But we're 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 confident with Schmidl. That yeah. sounds like you've got like a little little Schmidl on your face. Yeah, a little Schmidl. <laughs> little schmutz. Schmidl sounds that, like a delicious German that snack Schmittle to me. <laughs> You're thinking of strudel. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, strudel. Yeah, yeah. Not strudel. Yeah. Schmidl was Crikey. from Germany. Strudel. <laughs> <laughs> We're going with two different countries. Here. We're bouncing from like Austria to Australian. It's all good, bro. It's all good. You just bounce around wherever you want to. You bounce on anything you'd like. <laughs> and I have. <laughs> and the dude. Schmidl was from Germany. She'd been missing since leaving uh, Sydney for Melbourne on January 20th, 1991. A uh, similar German couple, Gabor Nugebauer. I would say Gabor. Gabor Nugebauer. I don't know. I'm guessing. And Anja Habshad. 
Hobshide. I told you I was going to butcher Hobshide. some names here. I would guess Hobshide. She disappeared German, after leaving so. uh, King's Cross Hostel for Mildura on December 26, 1991. Did you know that the, the two people he just mentioned, they were they were missing for over two years. Two Two years. solid years. Yep. Trent, I saw your face. Two years. Now, how many months is that, Trent? I believe that's 24. Yes, that's, that's 24. <laughs> that's math. <laughs> so they were missing and they weren't... After the first year, just... Well, shit, I guess they are coming home. I guess I just, like, was this a, just a cold case right away? Like, they just decided... Like, these these people are backpackers from other countries, correct? Yes, they're I'm German. pretty sure all these German. are cold cases at this moment. They're just starting to discover the bodies in the port. On September 19th of 1992, two runners discovered a concealed corpse while orienteering in the Belanglo State Forest. The following morning, police discovered a second body was approximately 98 feet from the first. Police quickly confirmed via dental records that the bodies were those of Clark and Walters. A search of the area failed to uncover any of the other missing backpackers. October 1993, a local man searching for firewood discovered bones in a particularly remote section of the forest. He returned with police to the scene where two bodies were quickly discovered and later identified as Gibson and Everest presence of Gibson's body and Belanglo puzzled investigators as his camera and backpack had previously been discovered at Galston Gorge, which was about 75 miles to the north of this location. So 75 miles difference between his body and things they found that he no, the two different bodies. Okay. So they yeah. found one body and then like not the uh, right up the road, right up the forest, I should say up the trail. So to say up the Creek. Up the creek. The Wolf Creek? Yes. Uh, that many feet away was the other body. Right. But what was 75 miles away? Oh, the 75 miles? Uh, the gorge. The gorge, gotcha. What'd they find? What'd they find? Gibson's, Gibson's body. Gibson was I thought in the you gorge. said his camera and backpack was found 75 miles away. Oh, so you knew it, I said. You just wanted to question it. I'm asking. It was something he found. They found 75 miles away from his body. What was it? His backpack and the camera were discovered at Galston Gorge. Yeah, 75 miles miles away. away. Yeah, I was talking about the 98 feet were the two bodies. So the bodies were there. That means whoever found the backpack and camera, that means that somebody had displaced those at a later time, right? Instead of like selling them off or... What it I'm getting like at, it. it's like like this guy was a thief for a long time, right? He was kind of a thief. That's what he's Ivan. His, yeah, the yeah. guy we're talking about. Yeah, that he was kind of a thief, and so instead of selling the camera and stuff, why would he just leave the camera backpack? Is he is he now getting his jollies off on killing, as opposed to thievery and making money off of what he? Stole? You see see what I'm saying? Like, he stole shit from them. I'm not sure those details are really... But there's a lot. I'm I'm asking you guys to make an opinion is what I'm asking. If there's no detail on... Because nobody, unless he says something, is going to know why he did that. I'm asking what you guys think. Yeah, because, like, to this day, 
he's never admitted to anything. Yeah. So you're not going to get anything out of him. So I see what you're saying. Like, uh, opinion wise, um, I, I have no idea. I mean, this guy is this the ramping this guy's up? crazy. You see what I'm saying? Like, you know how yeah. like serial killers do the ramping so, up stuff. So the thing was like, he had gotten away with so many crimes, like rapes and, and the shooting and everything. Yeah. And like, he had done like a total of less than three years total in prison. This dude was so like enamored by himself and smitten with himself. Thought he was above the law. Thought he was God. So He's looking in the mirror. You're so beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. God. You should go kill someone right now. He starts like <laughs> plotting these murders because he thinks he's untouchable. He's like, well, fuck, I haven't been to prison yet. And they've had me dead yeah. right several times. Why shouldn't I get away with something like that? So the German backpackers that I was just talking about, Simone Schmiedel and um, <laughs> she, she eats her strudel. No, sorry. In the it's, it's Gabor Nauchbauer and Anja Habscheid, uh, the ones I told you that have been missing for two years. Habscheid had been decapitated. She was decapitated, okay? Her kappa was, was detained. detained. <laughs> so, so this is a definite ramping up. Yeah, so not only was she decapitated, but uh, they were never they were never able to find her skull. They were never able to find her ever, skull. Ever, ever, ever. <laughs> and Nautzbauer, which again, I apologize for butchering these names, had been shot in the head six times. So she's decapitated. He shot six times. I mean, these are definitely being uh, ramped ramped up by a lot. They're S- Simone Schmidl that I was just talking about. She had been stabbed so deep, deeply that her spine was severed. Jeez. And, uh, and you, you've got to you've got to really cut somebody down. Now, honestly, <laughs> those are the details I'm looking for. So that's yeah. that's why I asked about the backpack and the camera. It's gone beyond just the thrill of stealing mm-hmm. and, and and being a thief. Let me guess, before he did that, he said, well, that's <clears> not a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. <laughs> in, in typical movie fashion, yeah. And so, yeah, he he's, like I said, he thinks that he's... And look he's, at the brutality compared to the guy. I mean, he shot the guy six times, mm-hmm. but that shooting someone is impersonal a little bit. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but six times. Six times. I mean, Why? it's that's anger, but in overkill, obviously. But that's he's enjoying still impersonal because yeah. you're far away from somebody. You know, you could be six feet from somebody and shoot them and, and shoot them six times. Right. But stabbing a girl to where you're severing her spine and you're stabbing her so badly that you're and then decapitating her. I mean, that takes time. It takes muscle and effort. And, and anger. So that's, he definitely has something more for the girl than he does the guy. Well, and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Simone and the two backpackers were found like near the same fire trail. So he's got like an MO like in the area. Yeah. Like a place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was about to get to that. Sorry. Gosh, are, we, are we killing your leads, bro? <laughs> a little bit, but it's cool. <laughs> Go ahead. I was just wanting to, I was just wanting to get more detail on it. Sorry. I, I appreciate that. I'm glad you guys worked together without really working together. On November 1st, 1993, a skeleton was found on a clearing along a fire trail in the forest during a police sweep. was later identified as the body of Schmidl. Clothing found at the scene was not Schmidl's, but matched that of another missing backpacker, Hobshide. Is that how we decided that was going to be? I think Hobshide. I don't know. That's, that's hard. Hobshide. Hobshide. And Nugebauer. Yeah. Were then found Uba on Stank. a nearby we fire trail. In shallow graves. They were approximately 160 feet yes. apart. Yes. 
Nobody remembers the Van Hoover stink. I remember. Yeah, didn't they? Uh, Pepperidge mm-hmm. Farms remembers. <laughs> Can't remember the song they did. It was like a fake love song. They had a few like hits back in the nineties, but like in the early two thousands. The, the reason. The reason. The reason. The reason is you. <laughs> Why are we not started this fucking band yet? <laughs> we'll no. be the sequel. Tuba no. stank. <laughs> Tuna stank. Tuna stank. <laughs> My tuba stinks one time. I had to wash it. You got sneaky tuba. <laughs> Wells is over there just Smells waiting to like talk fish. again. He doesn't give a fuck about our jokes. Oh, I care. <laughs> I, I just keep it on the inside where it counts. Where it belongs. Near your tuba stank? Uh-huh. Uh, I think you were talking about Hopshee's Kappa was detated. <laughs> Examination of the remains showed evidence that some of the victims had been tortured and did not die instantly from their injuries. In response, on October 14, 1993, Task Force Air, containing more than 20 detectives and analysis, was set up by the NSW Police, which stands for New South Wales Police. On uh, November 5, 1993, the New South Wales government increased the reward in relation to the killings to 500000 after developing their profile of the killer, the police faced enormous volume of data from numerous sources. Investigators applied link analysis technology, and as a result, the list of suspects was narrowed from a short list of 230 to an even shorter list of about 32. Speculation arose that the crimes were the work of several killers. Given that most of the victims had been attacked while as in pairs and had been killed in different ways and buried separately. And I do believe that till this day, they still think that it's possible that he may not have been working alone. Mm-hmm. On November 13th, 1993, police received a call from Paul Onions. <laughs> Worst name. last name ever. Was was his nickname Bloomin'? Paul, might, Paul Bloomin' Onions? Paul Onions. Might have been. <laughs> Bloomin' Onions. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, this is Paul Onions. I'd like to report a crime, please. <laughs> I'd like to report a crime here, please. Paul this Onions. Bloke. What, was, what was your name? Paul Onions. Paul Onions. You heard me. Crocky. <laughs> O-N-Yuns. Onions. Oh, God. Sorry. So he received that call in the UK, and then... Um, he was. He called to tell him about on how oh, January. He's UK. He's not even Australian. <laughs> I should have waited. Uh, yeah, this yes, is Paul Onions yes, here. Sir, this is Paul Onions. Paul I'd Onions. Probably, I'd like to. I'd with, like to report a crime. Sitting here with my friend Peter Peppers. Uh, we were, we, were, <laughs> we, we were walking down the street. We were sitting here with tea. We were having tree and crumpets. And your defense just said that he was calling from the UK. We don't know that he's actually from. Uh, this is Paul Onions from Australia calling <laughs> from the United Kingdom. For all we know, for what I'm about to tell you, it could have been the reason why he fled from Australia. He could have been from Texas. <laughs> is is every Australian loud and obnoxious? Ah, this is Paul Onions. <laughs> Some I just want you to know I was packing my back and I was walking through the I would I would That's flee. not Texan by the way. I don't know what that was. I would, Sorry. I would flee the UK too if my last name was Onions. It'd kick kick your ass. Well, he Would you fucking say your name is Onions? Come here, boy. 
Kick him in the onions. <laughs> Not sure if he fled the UK. Paul Peppers? But Is that your name? I know he was in Australia at one point, and then he's in UK, and then he calls to tell them about something that happened in Australia. I'm continuing. Well, We're so, so onions had been backpacking. This is what he calls to tell them. He'd been backpacking in Australia, and while hitchhiking from Liverpool Station, he had accepted a ride south out of Casula from a man known only as Bill. Ah, William. South no. of the town Bill. of Mittagong. My name's Bill, Bill, Bill. Bill Wilkins. First name Bill, Bill last name Bill. Thank you for knowing and I was going down drink too. Not too far from the Belanglo State Forest either. Bill stopped and pulled out a revolver. Bill stopped and pulled out a revolver and some ropes stating it was a robbery. At which point Onions managed to flee while Bill shot at him. How did, how did he state it? Let's hear the accent. Uh, I don't do accents. Anybody else? Come on. <laughs> this is a robbery. I'm about to take your knickers. We're going to lose any Australian listeners we might have had from this episode. Islands full of criminals. I worry for our Australian audience right now. <laughs> we apologize to All both three of you. But if they've been with us this long, they probably understand. We apologize. We're ignorant. Ignorant. <laughs> so ignorant. So Onions was able to flee while Bill shot at him. He's talking about Paul Peppers. Yeah. Onions flagged down a passing motorist, Joanne Berry of Canberra. Ah, And together, they described the assailant and his vehicle to the Bauer police. Detectives refound the note regarding Onions' call. Onions' statement was corroborated by Berry. Along with the girlfriend. So of there's the man an onions and there's a berry. Worked with my wife. <laughs> Berries and cream. What if, what if they're just so bad they've got an onion with like googly eyes glued? <laughs> they're like, what'd you say? Onions? What'd you say, onions? We've got onions, we've got berries, well, you and can we've cry. got smittles. You can cry onions. It's like a blueberry that's like crawling across the table. Onions and berries. Berries oh, and cream. Oh, what's that, Joanne? You got something to say? I'm sorry. Crikey, you got something to say? These accents are coming faster. They're getting worse and, and worse. <laughs> <laughs> they get better the more you drink. Do you, just do you think that? Just leave the bottle. Do you think that people in Australia talk like talk like us? Like make fun of us? I wonder what. Paul onions. <laughs> Joanne Barry. I'm, I'm gonna go behind my uh, house and drink a couple of Budweisers. I'm gonna drink some <laughs> Budweisers with the boys. I bet with, they all think that we just boys. sound like country music singers all the time. Probably. I did. I did. Have on a, it. I did have a friend. Uh, friend. Fuck that one. I did have a guy that I knew from Hungary I when I went over to Hungary, yeah. and he literally thought everybody in America were cowboys. Let and me he ask was you this. so disappointed when he came to Nashville. He's like, nobody really was wearing cowboy outfits. <laughs> did he like, have hungry eyes? Yes, he did. He also had Betty Davis eyes. <laughs> Well, She's got Betty Davis eyes. They were hungry Betty Davis eyes. <laughs> I feel the magic between you and I. Sorry, go ahead. I was just wondering if people from Australia give us terrible like southern accents. Kind of like the realistic southern accents we have. Not us in particular. Well, let's just be honest. Everything in Australia can fucking kill you. Like their outback. Snakes, scorpions. Dangos. Ding, dingoes. They, they ate the baby, you know that, right? Dangos they, ate my baby. They they have That's fucking great white I'm sharks. Dangos. Dangos. <laughs> Django ate my baby. <laughs> Django Unchained. The, the D is silent. 
Yeah, like the people can kill you. Fucking kangaroos all fucking jacked up can kill you. They'll punch you. Fucking fight you anytime you look at them. I like crazy. how you just raise your hands because that's literally what they do. They come up to you like they're about to fucking just box them ears off. You ready to go, bro? You go? <laughs> you trying to go? What? Did you see how muscular those things are? I got are? something for you. I got something for you. If I ever got in a fight with a kangaroo, I'm fucking can't get done. It's over. Hey. I'm, I'm going to get the kang in my ass. I'm going to put my, my hand in his kick. pouch, and he's going to look at me like I'm fucking crazy. I mean, you got to do <laughs> something crazy. Put, put, put your, your hand, hand in his pouch. pouch. What are you like, going to do? I saw a baby kangaroo last week at the Indianapolis Zoo, and even those things look like they could fuck you up. <clears> was he over there with his Was it a wallaby? He came to the door, and he was like, me mug. I'm like, who the fuck are you? Are you sure it wasn't a wallaby? He has knuckles taped up. shadow boxing. These are like small-looking kangaroos. Well, it was at least called the kangaroo exhibit. Came up to the glass, looked at Wells. You know, uh, koala bears can fuck you up too. They're just oh, slow. Koalas. They can fuck you too. Oh yeah, koalas. But claw your eyes out. I wish we saw a koala bear. Bear. Crocs. I fucking slipped on my Crocs the other day. It about killed me. <laughs> All kinds of Crocs. Can All kill kinds you. of Crocs. <clears throat> Bill onions. Reel this back in for just Bill? a second. What's his name? Paul. Paul onions. Get it right. Paul onions. There's Bill. Bill Brassy. Just Bill. And Paul onions. Paul onions. Mm-hmm. Ex Navy, that man's a badass. Yeah, feel bad for making fun of his name. Middle too. Yeah. Ex Navy. My Schmiddle. dad was ex Navy, and my dad's not a badass. Uh, what's his face? Paul S. Onions. Yeah, we he had do. made a phone call, told them about this story, so they're like, okay, possibly we have an eyewitness now. So police, they started to do surveillance on the Malott House at Cinnabar Street, and that commenced on February 26th of 1994. Police learned that Malott had recently sold his silver Nissan Patrol. And he did that just shortly after this, the discovery of the bodies of Clark and Walters. Police also confirmed that Malat had not been working on any of the days of the attacks. And acquaintances also told police about Malat's obsession with weapons, which Torrance had spoke about earlier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When the connection between the Belanglo murders and Onions experience was made, Onions flew to Australia to help with the investigation. On May 5th, 1994, Onions positively identified Malott as the man who had picked him up and attempted to murder him. Malott was arrested at his home on May 22nd of 1994. He was arrested on robbery and weapon charges related to the Onions attack. And it took about 50 police officers that surrounded the house. The search of Malott's home revealed various weapons, including a couple of uh, rifles that matched the type that were used in the murders. A Browning pistol and a Bowie knife. Named Somebody say Sam Bowie. <laughs> That's not a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. Bowie knives are big. I, do you yeah, guys own a Bowie knife? Oh, uh, you ever had one? Yeah, I had one when I was a boy. I have a Bowie knife now. They're <laughs> Sorry. fucking seven to ten inches long, thick blades. That's a knife. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was like a common like hunting knife. Back in the day, right? Because, like, is that the one that did they have the compass on the end of them? No. A uh, Bowie knife. I've got one of those. Yeah. It was like that fucking Bowie knife usually man. has brass, the brass fittings on both ends, wooden handle, curved curved to the tip. They have a, a <clears throat> blood shoot or blood He's talking about the middle. knife. Seven to in. ten inches curved tip. Oh. Oh, the, yeah. knife. <laughs> the knife. Sorry. The knife. <laughs> talking about my Bowie knife. <laughs> Are you trying to get stabbed my Bowie knife, baby? <clears throat> Please, no. What do you okay. say? Yeah, they found rifles, 
they found that Browning pistol and the Bowie knife. They also uncovered items belonging to several of the victims and also uh, homes belonging to his mother and his brothers. They were also searched and they found more items belonging to more victims. So the brothers and the mother knew what was up. They knew they now, were kind of in on it. They claim no. What with even Ivan Malat saying no? Yeah, of course they were going to claim that. So they they claim but no. Fuck. So, I mean, you you bring shit into your house. Like your house is you, you have an apartment. I have a house. If people brought shit into my house, I'd probably see it. Every well, now and then. so they're claiming that he was like hiding it, like in the walls and stuff too. Oh, uh, okay. So, but but still, like, like you don't shit. see him bringing it in. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, and he's just hiding shit in there. Where'd you like, get you're those not, You're not Where'd you asking. get that backpack? Oh no 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 no! Then I'm just gonna Where'd put your walls in. So one of his um, one um, if you were about to bring this up, I'm sorry, but uh, his brother Boris. Uh, what Boris? <laughs> you just gotta, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm just messing with you. Go ahead. Uh, Boris, one of his brothers. This man, this I, the reason I'm telling you the story is because like I'm going off of Wells's his family seems full of shit to me story. Yeah. Uh, they interviewed Boris and Boris. Boris says up until age 12, Ivan seemed like a regular dude. He was just a regular boy, right? That's what they always said. That nothing weird, nothing out of the ordinary. They, they could have never saw any of this coming. Like, oh, it couldn't be sweet little Ivan. But then Boris also says in the same interview that around 10 years old, you could tell if something wasn't right with Ivan, that he was off and he was going to grow up to be like this crazy, like serial killer type. After just saying until age 12, he was a normal boy. And by saying this, he, he also says in regards to the craziness is because he says that as years go by, some of Ivan's friends that he grew up in the neighborhood with and hung out with claim that Ivan, Trent, I'm sorry, brutally murdered a dog and cut this dog in half. Why? I knew this man. was going to hurt you, man. Why did you make my name? I, I love dogs. I know. But yeah. You son of a bitch. That's, that's how fucked up this kid was. But until age 12, he was perfectly normal. Yeah. Now, did he, is there any like history going back to this that I go to all the time with serial killers? Is there any history of like head trauma or abuse? I said his dad was abusive. Okay, that's verbally and physical, but they don't really go into detail about like him beating his head off in anything or anything like that. I think other than that, he just comes from a line of sick off? bastards. Yeah, because it seemed like all of his brothers were kind of like that, but nobody really did anything. You know, like nobody. Nobody went to the same extremities as what Ivan did. Right. That we know of, at least, right? That we know of. Are uh, you doing the sock over there? <laughs> I just heard sock. I'm just, that's why you I'm just telling that. jokes under my breath while you guys are talking. They're you bad wanna, ones. You don't want to hear the story? They're bad ones. No, I like it. I just wondered, like, like usually there's something, a lot a lot of times there's something that happened. And there, there probably just, to me, is, it like sounds said, like he was definitely abused by the dad. Abusive. Way too many people in one household, yes. it sounds like. And like I said, poverty could shock, have been a shack, sorry. Described as like everybody's just crammed into the shack and, and then the father being abusive, like you know, you know yeah. he he had to yeah. he had to have gotten the shit beat out of him. But as, yeah, as well as the, the other kids. Yeah. But nobody's but really just, come forward on it. He just had something in him that made him different well not only that but remember what i said when he hit like a certain age he was getting away with all this shit yeah so he's just like fuck it 
He was very different, indeed. I mean, honestly, Ashley, like a lot of people say, like if there's no rules, people people want anarchy and total chaos because they think everybody should have that kind of freedom. But total freedom comes a cost. This man was living the purge. Yeah, <laughs> like you literally like. There's a lot of people that are fucked up in the head, and if you have total freedom in your head, you can do a lot of crazy <laughs> stuff. You're sitting right over here. That's yeah. <laughs> speaking of which, listen to this. After he's arrested and all that, and everything comes out, he's been identified. The trial opened up at the Supreme Court of New South Wales in Sydney on March 26, 1996, and was prosecuted by Mark Tedeschi. Despite the overwhelming evidence against him, this is my favorite part. Malat is reported as having been confident he would be found innocent. And well, he's, he's a narcissist anyway. Yeah, so yeah he, he, he to this day will not admit that he did any of this. Yeah. And phone recordings made for the Australian Broadcasting Commission's Australian Story Program in 2004, Malat stated his grounds for believing he would be found innocent <clears throat> at trial. He said, "My basic defense in my trial was that it wasn't me." <laughs> but Ivan, we caught you, you on the counter. counter. <laughs> it wasn't me. It wasn't me. But we saw you on the sofa. It wasn't me. He said, I don't know who did it. It was up to them to prove my guilt, not for me to prove my innocence. His defense argued that in spite of the evidence, there was no non circumstantial part or proof that Malat was guilty and attempted to shift the blame on other members of his family, particularly Richard. 145 witnesses took to the stand. Wait. Yeah. 145. Imagine (laughs) imagine the people here in America, because I don't know how they do it in Australia, but here in America, if you have a trial like that, they usually take you out of your job. And Mm -hmm. you sometimes are in a hotel away from your family, so you don't get any outside prejudice. Right? Yeah. 145 fucking witnesses. That's yeah. like at least, let's it's say you do hotel. two to three a day. All in that that's shack. Still, that's still, you're there for like two months well, just listening to witnesses. And some of those 145 witnesses included members of the Malat family who had trouble establishing alibis. They were all his brothers and sisters, all 145. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, and his mom's vagina. Yeah, I fucking knew he was a killer way back when. Yep. Uh, on June 18th, Malak gave <laughs> evidence himself. What? Did I miss something? You just made me laugh when you went, yep. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> After 18 weeks of testimony, a jury found Malak guilty. Who knew? Even mm-hmm. though he said he didn't do it. He was given a life sentence on each count. 18 weeks. That's like about four or five months. Yeah, That's crazy. It's crazy to me. I never want to do jury. If you ever see my name down at the courthouse again, can you imagine jury duty duty for almost half a year? Just be fucking like, just throw it in the trash. Just act like you don't know and throw me in the trash. I actually have seen your name for jury duty. I know. I think I licked your envelope once. I've had it (laughs) twice. (laughs) So look at this. His coin purse. (laughs) He was given a life sentence for each backbreaker murder that they knew of. (laughs) So he was given seven life sentences. Toss my salad. And then on top of that, he was also convicted of the attempted murder, false imprisonment, and robbery of onions. That motherfucker's unflappable over there. He stole some onions. For which he received six years each for for each of those charges. 
six for the it. attempted. Oh, yeah, for, for everything he attempted on onions, he received Damn. six years for each of those charges on top of the seven life sentences. He that's the thing. That's the thing. He's like, he's like, I'm maintaining my innocence. They have no physical proof. Onions literally went into a lineup of like 14 people and was like, "That's him." Yeah. Well, it wasn't a lineup. It was pictures. I mean, he was just like, "This is the guy." What'd you do to onions? I sliced him. Six I, years. I diced, I him. diced him. Six more years. I cried about I it. I peeled him. <laughs> six I years. chopped him up. I sautéed him. And I put him in a chili. Six, 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 six years. <laughs> Was that the judge? Yeah. I'll tell you all something else crazy about this man. Let's hear it. Well, he was locked up. They wouldn't he, let him out. They would not let him out. But he did. <laughs> he tried to escape. He tried to escape uh, with another prisoner by the name of George Savas. This guy was like, uh, he was a big drug dealer and all that kind of good stuff. The escape was unsuccessful, and Savas was found hanged in his cell the next day. A lot was blamed for this and moved to a max security section of the prison. (laughs) That's six more years, buddy. Keep pushing it. You want another six? He, he for the murder of his side. <laughs> I didn't even kill him. Malad attempted several appeals, which were denied over and over. I got you for two months, Bender. Yeah. <laughs> you want another one? Yeah. Here's the crazy part. This guy. Hey, was, you said the last thing was crazy. Now this is the crazy it gets part. Crazier. How many crazy <laughs> things can there be? You can't keep on. Well, it like keeps this. getting crazier because after his appeals were denied over and over again, as a I guess maybe like a last ditch effort. He used a plastic knife to cut off his pinky finger. His own pinky That's finger. That's really not a knife. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be hard to do. Imagine going to like KFC and, and getting their little cutlery <laughs> and being like, I'm going to cut my pinky finger off now with one of these. Yeah. It'd be hard. Probably took him a while. But yeah, he cut off that pinky finger and he intended to mail the finger to the Australian High Court. Unfortunately for him, that never happened because he died while he was in prison of cancer at age 74. Then uh, also, now, two, what's go ahead. I, I was going to say now, like Trent's probably going to put some pictures on our social media of this dude eventually, right? Yeah. He's, he's got, got serial killer eyes. By my, the way. Point, my point through all this friendly is face. this motherfucker, all he had to do was change his appearance every now and then, and maybe he wouldn't have got picked out in those lineups yeah, by he, onions and other people. But like I said, looks, he was untouchable. He looks he straight thought. up like a motherfucking serial killer. Change his appearance. Killer. That Fu Manchu, man, come on. He can't. That's what I'm saying. Like, he that. is fucking. So like he's muscular, he's, like a, he's tanned. Yeah, he's like a 1980s wrestler. Yeah, he looks like that's he, the best description. Right he there. looks like he's Rick Rude. Yeah, yes. Rick Rude, motherfucker, <laughs> the ravishing one. Uh, he is kind of ravishing. So his own family starts coming forward after his death. His brother George even says that because uh, he was living with his sister Shirley at the time that they found some of that shit. Surely yeah. not. Surely, she. He was. I'm serious. And don't Stop call me Shirley. Shirley. Um. And then George says, George just straight up is like, yeah, no way Shirley went in on it. <laughs> like, they're just all tossing each other under the bus. Fuck well, you, George. Fuck you, George. Her name's Shirley. Shirley, she was involved. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> You're readjusting? Down. <laughs> I've so, got to pee really bad. I'm trying to hold out for you. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. You guys know I was talking about, like, well, with all them kids with him being that messed up, it stands to reason that other kids would have been messed up too. Mm-hmm. It went beyond his siblings because even in 2012, 
his nephew, his great nephew Matthew Malott, was sentenced to. It was at least thirty years for. I, I thought his, it was over forty. I could be wrong. It was at least thirty. That's all I know. Uh, for his own grisly murder, he axe murdered one of his friends, and they recorded it, and then later bragged about God. it and all that stuff. And, and he said that's what Malots do. Crikey. So Matt, it was Matthew and one of his friends. Matthew was sentenced to four, maximum forty three years, and his accomplice thirty two. The fucked up part about the video he's talking about, I haven't watched it because I'm kind of scared to. I don't know if it's out there, but I know they played the video for the court. And in the video, they say you can hear the axe thudding off the guy. Uh, would you want to hear something like that? Would you Would you watch that video? When I, well, that wouldn't I knew you were going to say yes. yes. Like I said, I'm a kid that went to like Rotten.com when I was a kid to yeah, watch that fucked up stuff. I did too, but I'll tell you what, <laughs> every time, much, do you yeah. not like, when you watch those videos, like I watch them a lot. Even today, I'll watch videos like that every now and then when I hear about them, just to watch them. I don't think I could. Yeah. But same. when you watch them, do you want not to. feel bad yeah. and feel icky and weird yeah. afterwards? Like it I, makes during, me feel yeah. fucking disgusting. Well, so did you guys see that video that was Ugh. going on recently? It was like, I don't know if it was another country or not, but it was a guy, they were on a street corner and they were getting into an altercation and they start to kind of like push and shove and the guy pulls out a knife and just stabs him in the neck. And when the blade comes out, blood just starts spurting all over the sidewalk. The guy was dead within minutes. I can't watch. So somebody shows me this, and they're like, like "Oh, check this out!" And I was like, "Oh, okay." And then I see this, this knife, and then the blood. I was like, "Why would you show me that? Why would you not tell me that's what you're showing me?" That's like, "I'm gonna call him out on air here. I hope he's listening." Fucking Corey Hoagland when he sent (laughs) us that video of the carnival ride. Were you in on that? That kid fell from the. I watched it. Oh. That made me feel Yeah, horrible. I didn't watch it. I didn't see it. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I thought it was just because Corey sends stupid shit all the time. Yeah. I hope you're listening, you Corey. Didn't... I hope you feel terrible. Yeah, shit. Corey, you and piece so of clicked, trash. I clicked it open thinking it was going to be something. Yeah, I like Corey. He's a good guy, but yeah. I clicked I like it open too. thinking it was going to be something. He's my brother. Warning. He's my brother. It doesn't mean we can't yeah. boo him a little bit. I thought it was going to be we something. We love him. I thought it was going to be something funny or goofy that he normally sends. So I sit there watching. I'm just kind of waiting for the funny part. And I see this fucking kid fall off a ride. And I'm like. What that the fuck? Are you laughing watch? now, Trent? Are you laughing? That was at like uh, I sent him something back that was kind of like I was like, "What the fuck?" Didn't are you he doing? Said that? Yeah, no, that he was... said that in our uh, one of our twenty thousand yes. group chats. No, I that happened last summer, and I literally was in the same town. It was in Orlando, and I was in the same town in the same oh, section God. two nights after it happened. I am very fortunate that sometimes Ugh. I'm very behind on those group chats, and You're... when I saw Trent's reaction, I yeah. was like, "Well, I'm glad well, I'm, I'm definitely not watching." I'm it glad now. I took that. Bullet for you. That was. I watched like, those videos why? on YouTube. Why did you send that? Like amusement park. Do you accidents. hear this, man? I mean, if I it do, wasn't Corey Hogan, I would have said it. I watched like when they had the the journalists getting beheaded by the. Yeah. See, I, I just I can't. I, watch, I can't, I can't, I can't watch to, a last person's moments of, of life. I, I think I just I watched watch it just because. I mean, it's one of those things. It's like watching a bus crash or a car crash. Like, yeah, you, but that's different. It's in front of you. Like, oh shit! But did you, like you have the option to click off of this. I don't know. I just do. I don't know. There are people yeah. out there that do. I <laughs> yeah. mean, I'm not we watching are those it because, people. like, I enjoy it. I just, it's something that, like, oh, I thought he said he did enjoy it. I was like, what? No, 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 no. It's, it's like a forbidden thing, I get. Like, I literally watched Faces of Death when I was little. I rented, literally paid money to rent the movies Faces of Death to watch them. And I, I know now they were fake. Back then, I didn't know they were fake. You know, actually, they had a few real deaths. I was just saying, there was a few real ones. Yeah, in there, yeah, yeah. But that was just the taboo of watching that kind of 
weird stuff. Trent, I think you and I are the only two non-serial killers. Some of that stuff I would look at on Rotten.com back in the day, like, would give me nightmares and shit, but I still kept going back to look at it. Yeah, it's something that makes you, as as a human, sometimes, like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. And you watch it and you feel like shit for days. Like I, yeah. I watched one of a guy that crashed a scooter one time and he was in like Sri Lanka or like Philippines or something. And he got wedged between a, oh. like, like the little metal things on the side with what am I thinking of? Little guard guardrail? guardrails. Yeah. He got wedged between like the pole and the guardrail and it just peeled his head back and pretty much crushed his head. Dang. Right. And I watched the video of that, like the after, like the cops were there trying to clean up the mess. Yeah. They, they were taking videotape of it. And I watched that, and that was in my nightmares for like weeks. No doubt about it. But I watched it. It's so weird. I don't know. I don't know what that says about me. And that's why I don't we want are to kill the way anybody. we are. I today. love everybody. I love puppies. Desensitized. Well, everybody I'm not puppies. desensitized, though. It's I like, think you are. Well, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Like, I watch really gory shit. Denial ain't just a river. It's happening right here and now. It's not denial. I'll drink to that. He's in denial about his denial. (laughs) I'm not desensitized or it wouldn't make me feel bad. I'll give you that. Ian's like, I need to drink after talking about this shit. Yeah, this one off the rails. I think the people people that are desensitized towards this kind of, like, serial killer or horror or whatever, those are the ones that are kind of messed up. I it's think just the ones that don't have empathy for other people. It's just this Matthew Malott guy. He, for no good reason, not that there's ever a good reason to bludgeon a friend to death. Well, uh, you may <laughs> disagree with me on that. Um, but like Well said, he's just like Mama Malott. That's kind of what we do. Like you, you, you know my name. You know, you know how we. Yeah, are. that's a pretty shitty thing to and, just be like. Well. My family's and, known for and it. He's, so. He was he was like 18, 20, somewhere in the ballpark. Like he's yeah. a young guy. He clearly just wanted to ride. And his he just wanted to infamy. fuck. Yeah, he just wanted to like he just wanted to take an, a double sided axe and bludgeon a friend to death and record it and then brag about it. Yeah, and then like he's not. There's no remorse whatsoever. Like dude, trial time, he just kind of sitting there like, okay, I mean, let's get let let's go. That's what we do. Let's let's get the sentencing over with. I'm he's ready. on his Mark Henry shit. That's what I do. That's what I do. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. That so he's probably nice to have his own room in jail. <laughs> just like growing up with. Four- oh, no, fun no, no, fact. No, no. This oh, was, was the nephew. Fun fact. Ivan Malat, his first day of being in prison, he got beat the fuck up. As he should have. Good. Yeah, just beat the hell down. So he wasn't a ravishing recruit. He couldn't hold his he own. He was not. <laughs> recruit, recruit apparently could hold his own. Like there's stories about that motherfucker that. Oh uh, yeah. He could whip ass. Yeah, but he was fucking solid too. Yeah, that dude was. Them old school wrestlers too, man. They ain't play no shit. He's like man. fucking Macho Man Savage. He'd fuck you up in a That's, fucking receipts at two in the morning. Are you aware of <laughs> what receipts are in a wrestling ring? Yeah. Those come from that era. Those guys. Yeah. Yeah. You fuck up. That's Trainers okay. But you pay for it later. You and I are in a yeah. match, and I hit you too hard. You don't like it. You knock the shit out of me. Next uh, that shit's gonna turn into a shoot pretty quick. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The Undertaker was I the most was famous real, for that. Bro. Don't worry, boy. Your receipt's coming. It is real. Motherfuckers would be legitimately scripted. scared to go in the ring scripted. with them. But yeah, they would haul off and actually like hit the other guy, or like if they were like 
supposed to like throw an elbow at them. They would definitely like follow through, which you're not mm-hmm. supposed to do. And that is what is called a receipt. It wasn't like um, after dinner they would hand them the receipt. Gotcha. And, yeah. The Macho Man uh, Superstar Bill Dundee feud. Billy Graham? No. Bill Superstar Dundee. Bill Dundee, little bitty guy from Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw him live once when I was a kid. That, that feud started off when the Poffos hated the Dundee kind of management. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever, I don't remember what he was under, but apparently Bill Dundee was so scared he pulled a gun on him. Like in a parking really? lot to get away from it. There's a whole story. Dick Cornette's podcast. On, so on Randall? On Randall Savage? Speaking of pulling Randy, guns on people. Also, also known as Randy Poffo. At the Randy time. Poffo. What did you all think about the movie? Let's talk about that. So movie-wise means, do you want me to let you take the lead go. here? I can go. Can I just say this first? I just want to say. Oh, my God. You just Wolf Creek. It's released in January 2005 at the Sundance Film Festival. Currently sits at a fifty-four percent on Rotten Tomato, which but it That's was a actually little harsh. Yeah, because it was actually a very successful movie. It had a one point four million dollar budget, and it made thirty-five million in Australia and twenty-seven point seven million in the U.S. Not only that, it's spawned a sequel, yep. a series, and part three is coming. Part three is coming soon. It is this so, year. Yeah. And I met that guy that played him, and he actually is a John really Jarrett. nice guy. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. He's a really bad method actor, apparently, though. Gary as fuck, though, I think. He got think so into this role, they said that he was, like, not showering for weeks to get into the role. So yeah. I read that, too, but apparently he he claims that that's not true. He said he just didn't wash his arms, which is still kind of weird, but he said <laughs> yeah. it was because of the tattoos. It, it took so long for them to put the tattoos on that... Yeah. He didn't want to wait. I'm well, like, that's st- that still makes me feel kind of gross. Though. He definitely had the dirty look down. He definitely him. had that dirty ass look down. Had that slick back, like 80s hair. Yeah. Directed by Greg McLean. Uh, was his first major motion picture. So I think he did a pretty good job on that low budget. Well, we're giving spoilers now. So one thing I think about the movie is it's got a great mix of beautiful photography and then, like, really dirty scenes that give it that creep factor. And it's a good mix on his humor, which is a dark humor in parts, to where it gives, gives you know, a little bit of comedy, a little bit of levity, mm-hmm. mixed in with how angry he fucking gets. Like, remember when she wrecked his truck and he got pissed? Yeah. Started fucking her up. Uh and then, like, you didn't think he was, she was going to die. I mean, in our minds here in America, we think she's going to be the final girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely was not the final girl. I love no. that little twist. I don't know if you've seen, have you seen part two? No. I don't want to spoil two. it. Part two is really, really good, too. I haven't watched More part comedy two in it. Dark humor in it. Yeah, this, this one, one definitely had some dark humor, but you're saying it's there's more of it in part two. Yes. They said that uh, John Jarrett, too, he ad-libbed a lot of those funny parts in the movie. Well, yeah. so here's the thing to me, like, when uh, when she, she goes out to the car to get in the car to escape, this is Lizzie, I want to say, uh, and she starts it and she's like, oh, yep. thank God. Liz Hunter. And he just like, <laughs> stabs her through the... <laughs> Did you really not see him in the backseat? You don't check the backseat? And what are the odds out of all 27 cars that that's the one he's going to Now, what bothered me about that was the fact that that was inside of a garage. Mm -hmm. So how did he sneak in there and get inside that car without her ever hearing anything? Yeah. That's kind of what I was 
thinking too. I'm and like, then you like, you knew he was going to be in there because I'm like, okay. Way. By the time she finally started the car up, you're like, you done took too long. You're either going to pop up at the window or something. Nope, he's already in the car. Yeah, that was that was. I more figured the they would have clothes. that obligatory scene where he shows up and she tries to run him over through the wall or something. Well, that kind of bothered me too when she was in the truck with uh, Chrissy the first time. Was it Chrissy? Yeah, Kristen. Uh, and she tries yes. to like drive forward into him. It's just like fucking just go, Christy. Yeah. He had a double barrel shotgun. He just unloaded both shells. Just drive away. I mean, honestly, she had her escape at the very beginning until she heard her screams. That takes a special friend, though, to go back. It really does, because you got to think, like in your mind, would you? Would, if I was screaming in a in a garage, would you come back for me, or would you take off, go get the police, and come back? And I'd like to think I'd I come back my for feet. you. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you time, like this. I'm gonna be like, look, man, you got to pull your shit together. And stop screaming. But why? So we can get the fuck out of here. Why did they never go back for the guy friend though? They didn't know, they where, didn't he know where he was. I think in a cave I think Lizzie like did go back from I think she was oh. going to find the car and she was looking for him but she couldn't find him. He went in a cave, but it was some It did different. look like a cave though, didn't like it? And when he no, I think you're right. It was like cave like cuz he ran out into the yeah. to the desert after that from there. I, I absolutely dogs in there too. Hate yeah. when movies do this. And this is the one thing if you guys are ever fucking captured and you get away you absolutely shoot the guy on accident in the neck and he falls over almost dead and you can't shoot any more bullets because you don't know how to do the gun. Take the butt into the gun and crush the fucking guy's skull. That bothered yeah. me too. She 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 hit him in the back with it, but she yeah. wouldn't even hit him that hard. She was not. It was just like a... Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was like, hit him I in mean, the I fucking would, head. I would hit that I thought dude that too, so with the butt of the gun. Hit him in the fucking his, head. head. I mean, it would be like that scene in fucking Platoon where... Kevin Dillon fucks that one-legged guy up. You know what I'm talking about? Or just, fu- yeah, I mean, there's oh, tons of tools and other a, things around. Thing, like, those same swings that she hit him in the body with would have been so much more impactful on his head. Was it the guy that stepped on the landmine? Is that what you're talking about? No, they find the, in Platoon, they find that guy that's, I think, mentally challenged and <clears> has one leg, and they're, like, searching for, like, Viet Cong. And yeah. he gets him out there, and he's like, you laughing at me, you fuck. Starts cussing and saying a bunch of bad Racial shit. Racial slurs. And then he starts smashing him in the head until he dies. He's like, did you see his brain fly out? Oh, yeah. You know that scene? Yeah, I do now. I would do that, that to this guy. That fucked up. That's fucked up, but yeah, that's um, what I would do. So, yeah. That, that, <laughs> that was a weird story. Well, I was thinking, you. like, why wouldn't you take the gun? <laughs> God, nipple belt. Why wouldn't you take that gun? Why would you leave it right there with him? I know it doesn't have any ammo in it, but you know he's got some. Why yeah. would you leave it there for him? I don't know. Take the gun with you. Why didn't oh, they? God. I mean, you behead people. <laughs> Anytime you're in that situation. Like, I would not think about, like, escaping or worry about the cops or worry about the law. If I'm thinking, I'm fearing for my life, I'm going to incapacitate incapacitate that person as yeah. quickly and efficiently as possible. By crushing their skull, if I can't shoot them, you could have taken the barrel of that gun, reared back, came down with full force of that barrel right on the top of his head. Yeah, because like I get what you she's thinking. Could have ran the barrel though. up through his I, neck. And I get what she's thinking though. She shot him in the neck, and she thinks he's gonna bleed out like hit an artery, which realistically well, didn't should she, have happened. Didn't she find all that? ammo on that table though or was that yeah later? and then she, she like didn't know how she, to shoot and then she but oh. remember she, she had that big re- hand cannon it was a what 40 45 like the very first bullet she picked this up i'm like big. she's trying to put rifle ammo into this 
But I thought she around. found the right one. Maybe <laughs> she, she did, did. She find did the eventually. right one. And then she went down that hole and she lost the gun. And I'm not sure uh, where it went. But I kept thinking, why is she going down there? She dropped I, it down I guess there. she was looking for Ben, maybe? Like, that was apparently supposed to have been a deleted scene. I'm just saying, movie. unless there's a whole army of them, you kill that dude. Yeah. My God, like I said, there was all it's kinds just of... like fucking doll movies, killer doll movies I hate. Chucky, pick that motherfucker oh. up and throw him in a wood chipper. Yeah, punt that little motherfucker. Put him in a fucking oven and lock the oven door and burn him in... He's crisp. Well, when he was shooting at them with the shotgun Sound and they're like sitting there all like screaming and looking at him and whatnot, I'm just like, run the motherfucker over right now while he's reloading. Well, he's that's got, like saying, one like, arm taking him forever to reload. Run his ass over. It's a, it's a it's a sawed off shotgun, a double barrel shotgun. He shoots two shots. Drive off. By the time yeah. he reloads, <laughs> or you're going to be off. too far away. Yeah. He's not going to be able to get an accurate well, shot off. Of even that though when she drives off, though, they don't know where the fuck they're going. They almost run off a cliff, yeah. and then they hide there. But why like, crash the I would have hit on the side, sni- and then yeah, and when he comes to look, I would have pushed that motherfucker did off. Did the truck die? Is that why they stopped? No, they stopped because they saw the cliff coming. Okay, so and why didn't they just back up and try to drive away? That's what I was saying. They crashed That's the truck, I and the then truck immediately died. they're like, "We gotta find another car because we're out in the middle of nowhere." <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, but if just, you wanted, if you would have stayed in the truck and drove off, you probably would have made it. And then you all that thing even, was a tank. Then they couldn't even be quiet long enough for the plan to work. That they had I couldn't work. help but thinking as they're as they're down over that little cliff area, and he looks down right past them. By the way, over top of her them. cheek actually had the light on. And yes, cheek. I'm like. Yes. He's on so not only that, but I'm thinking like he looks down and I'm like, is he just going to look down and see them immediately? Because they're right there. There's no way he would have looked over top of them looking down this hill. And all I could think about, all I could think about was the princess bride where he's climbing up that <laughs> side of that mountain. He's looking down. He's like, would you like me to throw you a rope? I don't know what that accent was, but he was just like, he's like. Would you like me to throw you a rope? And he was Sound just like, like a Rob Snyder. No, thank you. Waterboy. You can do it. You can do it. <laughs> Rip his cock off. All yeah, right, there's, yeah. some, <laughs> there's some flaws in the movie. John Jarrett was the only guy to audition for that role, though. Probably because everybody in Australia hates that fucking Malat dude and did not want to be associated with him. And that yeah. that guy right now, like, he's having trouble finding other roles because of this role being so underground iconic and that's why he's played in also, all these other movies did you guys read that near that abandoned like mine shaft that they shot at was a real life murder the yeah, uh, rock core yeah a lot of people showed up yeah. there to petition protest. against to like protest against it because they thought that it was about that and they were like we're shooting a completely different thing it has nothing <laughs> to do with that woman being murdered they're like oh my bad carry on <laughs> it's kind of weird and the director i guess like was from the outside, and he let that. What's his name? John Jarrett. Yeah, John Jarrett. Jarrett. Him and the actors playing Chrissy were in there, and he kind of like was letting them do their thing, and he wanted to be like a POV shot, and she was screaming so loud, like, and he couldn't see at one point, so he thought that Jarrett was taking it too far, and he just comes in and kicks the door and runs in. They look at him like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> That Christie girl, she's a very method actor too. Like uh, the scene where she's like running down the road and running through the desert and stuff. She was actually doing that barefoot, and they said that like she had like hundreds of thorns and needles huh. stuck in her foot by the time she was done doing that scene. 
I remember thinking that too while I was watching. I was like, damn, she's really running through all this shit barefoot. I don't like walking in where I'm playing the dirt barefoot. Not even your bedroom? Not nope. even. He's got house slippers. <laughs> I, got, I do have house slippers. I know you do. <laughs> Next to the shea butter. The tub of shea butter. <laughs> Cocoa butter. Probably shea. have the softest feet on earth. <laughs> well, you know, I do a little something. <laughs> yeah, I'm the latest man. So, we want to rate this bad boy? Let's wrap it up. Yeah. Rate it. We'll start to my left, I guess. I give it a six. He gives it a six out of six shots of peach mm-hmm. cream. Mr. Means. Okay. No explanation? You're just six? Okay. Six. I can. I thought everything I just said was my explanation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, now we want you to condense it. Uh, Everything that we, like, Means was saying about how, like, it had its flaws. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not a terrible movie. I did enjoy, like, watching it for the first time. The problem with it is... I don't know why I do this. I fucking read like reviews and people talk about like how it's so scary and breathtaking and it'll have you on the edge of your seat terrified. Nothing happens to the last like half hour of the movie. And I'm not shitting yeah. on it. It's fine. It was entertaining up until that point because it was built. It was trying to build that suspension. Like you don't know when it's going to happen. I do think it was kind of interesting how they built it up. Like it was going to be like a sci-fi movie to where they go to that quarry where that big like meteor was there and all of their watches stop. And then the battery to the car dies. And they never explained that. did they? No, they don't. But at the same time, it's just like, I thought that I was, really didn't care. It anymore. wasn't explained in real life though. Either. I thought that was part of his like trick to catch people, but it never ended yeah, up being that. Way. I thought maybe he did that too, which when I went back, when I went back, when she Lizzie went back and watched that videotape of that, other family and he pulls up just like he did with yeah. them uh you do kind of believe that like he had something to do with that but he said it all time, i mean yeah, with the car especially watches. i don't know how but he the batteries the and the watches yeah i don't know how that would have done but but yeah that, that's that's why I, I rank it as six but not quite a seven because like i said it was interesting um it kept my it kept my interest I, I thought it was definitely something that was worth watching the first time. I, I wouldn't say I would never watch it again. Like, if it's one of those things, like, we're having a movie night, like, it would be interesting to watch again. Because I didn't think it was nearly as brutal as, like, the rumors I had heard about it. Like, Wolf Creek's a really good movie. It's very bloody, very brutal. It, it has a he little bit of... cut her fingers off. Yeah. Stabbed it, her. But, but even the cutting of the fingers wasn't that brutal. And no. the stabbing was very subtle. But I yeah. think it's the thought of, like... Just thinking that stuff the head like on this a stick thing was happened. fucked up. The what? The head on a stick thing was. The head up. on the stick was the best part of the movie to me. Yeah. Like, that was brutal. Because that's something that if you fucking sever somebody's spine, they don't necessarily bleed out, but their spinal fluid bleeds out, and they cannot move any part of their body at that point. Yeah. That was pretty crazy. I give it a seven. I would give it a higher number if it was a bigger budget film. You know what I'm saying? Like if it if it had more of a budget for that guy's first film, because it was beautifully shot. The guy was a douchebag. I didn't expect him to live when I first saw it. I expected one of the girls to live. Yeah, Ben, because uh, he was a douchebag and he pretty much had sex with her friend right before they left, and they probably were yeah. carrying on a weird kind of sexual affair. It definitely seemed like he's gonna be the idiot character. Yeah. The, I just figured he'd be the one that got abused and killed. And I stuff. couldn't believe how he got away. Yeah. So easy. But it also kind of looked like a, a mix between a serial killer movie and a 
eighties stalker killer movie, you know, like a Jason type movie. So it had some of those elements, but not too many to where it seemed unbelievable to me. It's just, and I can't put myself in people's situations when they're in trauma, but the, the girls did too many stupid fucking things, which made it seem like he was just toying with them. You know, I, he was like, I, my whole thing is don't beg for forgiveness. Don't beg for mercy. Anytime in real life you ever get in a situation where it looks like you're going to die, you're probably going to die. So you need to fight for your fucking life, which includes bashing somebody's head in if you get the upper hand until they cannot move anymore. You remember when uh, Lizzie found the video Be loud, be crazy, be fucking nuts. And she saw that, uh, what's his name? Max? Ben? No. Mick? Mick. Yeah, she saw that Mick's truck was at the gas station. Yeah. Yeah. And then she realized he had been like hunting them for a long time, so he was definitely yeah. playing with them. The whole I time. thought he was one of the guys at the bar that was making the comment with the no teeth. No, that guy was scarier than anybody. Mick's character in part two gets more background and it gets a little better. It's kind of interesting. It's more funny, I guess. It's more of a movie. This, I mean, yeah. this first one was more like a, trying to mix a real story with like. I don't know, traditional filmmaking elements. So it's kind of a little bit weirder. But part two I like just because it's more out there and kind of funnier and, I don't know, more gory. I'm interested in seeing part three. Okay. Trent? I will probably give it, I don't know, 5.5 to a 6, somewhere in there. 5.75. It's low for you. I honestly didn't like the first probably... 20 or 30 minutes of the movie yeah it, it got better slow. at the end but like it was just kind of like cliche it was, party movie it was low budget it was which you know no disrespect to low budget Wait, but it was just like trent's giving movies lower ratings than me trent hates every movie <laughs> that's the new segment i don't know it, like i said <laughs> does it, it got, trent like does it does trent like it I'm trying to be more critical as I watch these movies for because usually when I watch a movie I just don't really think about it but as I'm watching it now I try and think so like the first you know like I said 30 minutes I'm thinking in my head oh this is like a solid four right now because I just I didn't like any of the characters it was kind of goofy I couldn't understand them half of what they said and it just kind of didn't seem like it was really going anywhere felt no empathy for either character but they tried to because they tried to make it seem like she's pregnant right yeah. So they tried to give get empathy for that, but it's like I but didn't then, like either girl. I didn't like the guy. Yeah, he was an idiot. But then when Mick you showed didn't up, like Lizzie, I didn't like either girl. I like Liz. It got better when Mick showed up. I thought he was an interesting character. He's the movie. And then sure. of course got, when they got, got captured, when I was <laughs> I was I was pretty you know enthralled when when they were all captured and trying to escape. So it definitely got better. But overall, again, somewhere between a five point five and a six. I rate them on like rewatchability a lot too. Like, would I want to watch this movie again? Not necessarily. Not anytime soon. Now, but it wasn't bad. The director could have went way farther into the Joe Pesci Goodfellas type thing with, with the killer. Like when they were in the campground around the fire, and the kid was fucking with him, mm. kind of making fun of him. And he called him a puffer. The very first thing he said, oh, you're one of them puffers. I mean, he's basically calling him gay. And like all people from all, like Sydney are gay, right? Like you're a puss yeah. is what he's he was like, saying. I'm just messing with you, mate. And then he starts making fun of him back. And then he's like doing that stare that the was, whole time. That was creepy. That's kind of creepy. But I wish they would have went further into the Joe Pay. You fucking with me? You know, like 
You took, you know, that kind of thing. Says Edward, did you see the look he gave him? Yeah. yeah. I, I think it would. He probably been doesn't better. appreciate you fucking phone at him after he's helping us. You didn't see the way he was looking at That's you. That's true. Like he was going out of his way to help them at least. That's they thought at the moment. Very yeah. interesting. It had its good moments for sure. Story and uh, very interesting movie. Definitely I'm worth gonna... uh, watching part two and thinking about part three coming up. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna give it a seven point five myself. I remember watching it when it first came out on DVD. I didn't really know what I was getting into, but I, I remember enjoying it. But I was worried that. When I go back and watch this time, I wouldn't enjoy it as much as I did back then. But I feel like I actually did, so I enjoyed watching it again this time. And I want to watch two now before three comes out because I never did watch two. I'd be interested in checking out two's two. got laughable moments. Like it's actually got funny parts. Like some parts that aren't even meant to be funny are funny to me. How about the series? Have you seen that? I didn't watch. He all plays of that. the killer in the series. Yeah, too. yeah. So I met him while they were making that series because he was telling me about it. Oh, really? At a con. Could you understand him? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, down a half hour, it's serious at all. Hey, don't go fuck up on a You sound like that he was, was talking in, in re- rewind. That was good. What? <laughs> <laughs> and I personally think the low budget served this movie well, just to give it that gruddy. <laughs> Gritty, was gritty, 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 <laughs> grimy, muddy and gritty. Yeah, dirty, a, nasty feeling. It was a weird, con- a mix in filmmaking. It the very beginning was beautiful. I thought it was beautifully shot. I love the ocean scenes and the landscape and everything. And then when they got into the scenes that were more confined within the his compound, you know, it was more gritty and and weird greenish hues and everything. What I didn't like, the only scenes I didn't like of the whole movie, in my opinion, were the party scenes. I thought those were very early 2000s cliche. So, I forgot to tell you all this. You probably, you probably seem like you probably know this fact. Oh. But in 2005, <laughs> in 2005, Esquire magazine named this the 14th scariest movie of all time. See, that's what I'm saying. That's too I'm, much. Yeah. <laughs> I Maybe know, back I don't know then how they rate these things yeah. to them. I don't know. Like, I, it was all right. I didn't find it overly I'm, scary, though, myself. Yeah. And you got to think in 2005, too, like, these crimes were still pretty fresh, especially, well, I, especially I, in I, Australia. And I get that, but at the same time, it's like, it was 20 minutes of terror. I guess if you were to put yourself in their shoes, it would be pretty scary. You're stranded in nowhere. Some random guy shows up to help you. Do you trust him? Do you have a choice? I get it, but like it's a scary situation to put yourself in. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, to me, it harkens back to if you look at it, all the people that go missing in parks, yeah, and and camping and out in the open or hitchhiking or whatever. For every one of those who go missing, there's a, probably a story like this behind Oh, it. for sure. And there's always what, that stranger that comes up scary. to you. It's like, yeah. there's always something there in the wild that's wilder than you. That's wild. You know? yeah. Wild. Wild at heart. Wild at heart. All right. Well, anyway. that was interesting. <laughs> that's all we got. So that was Wolf Creek. You can watch it for free on TV with ads. And I did. And yeah. on Prime with ads. Oh, yeah. By the way, can we talk about that now? Have you guys noticed that now? Amazon Prime Video now has ads. I thought that was the whole point of Prime. You're paying yeah. for it. Yeah. The hell? They're very quick ads. It's like 15 seconds, but still, it's horseshit. It's like all of them. YouTube. Whoa, that's better yeah, than but Prime, Prime didn't used to have it. 
I know. That's still better usually, than Tubi. Usually the paid ones you don't. Well, Tubi that's not had true. like four I mean, ads. Hulu does. I was going to say, like a lot of them do. Pe- Peacock, Peacock does. does. All right, I take Disney's it back. Disney's about the only one Netflix that is about to. Netflix is going to start having ads soon. God, that's trash. I quit. Disney will too. Mark no, Marks, they won't. Will. Disney will. Yeah. Unless they raise their prices. It'll be just for their, their stuff, though. They won't let anybody. Else buy I can handle stuff. that just for Disney shit. I literally saw while I was watching. I probably watched Disney. While I was watching War Creek today, too. there was literally a commercial that came on about shaving your pubic hairs, and I was like, "Is this really a commercial? the manscaper? Is that what?" I- no, it was some like cartoon girl dancing, and she's like, "Oh yeah, shave your pubes. That's what you do." And I was like, "Was this on one of the websites that Trent goes on to watch?" <laughs> Were you this little, was on Tubi. Were you a little enhanced at the time? Well, this was on Tubi, Trent. They exist. Some weird shit on Tubi. Well, let's fucking wrap up. All right. I gotta go to bed. This man has to teach tomorrow. I don't. He it's has a teacher to, day. He has to go into work Bullshit tomorrow day. and teach no clean. one. You gotta clean. He's gotta teach himself all over again. That's right. How do I? I gotta learn to walk. How do I reach these geese? These geese. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Horror You Know podcast. I'm Ian. And I'm Ian Crikey. I'm Darren. And I'm Can you do Trent with an Australian? Trent. Trent. I think it's just Trent. Trent. I'm Trent. Yeah, it's just Trent. I'm Trent. I just no matter what, no matter what voice you do, it goes back to the Beatles for you. I'm Trent. Trent. He's every Beatle. He's also every woman. It's all in him. Oh, are you going?